I'm hearing something and somebody got something going in the background. Y'all hear that? Let me see. <clears throat> it's in Ron's background. Let me mute. Yeah, something squeaking. When I mute, is it good? All right, we are on Uncouth Radio. We are live. We are on the air. We are in the house, and the house is packed. We got a whole lot to talk about. I want to appreciate everybody who's here, everybody who's joining us. When I introduce my distinguished panel, we have Jackie Chandra, we got Q the Rebel, we got Ron, and I'm Black Y'all Wilson, and we got Oh Oh Sheila is in the house with us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get this thing going. Uh Chandra. Posted? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we on. Uh Chandra, I want you to take us to our first topic of the night. What what is our first topic on board of the night that we're gonna start talking about? Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to really talk about Rashad Brooks. I think it happened after the show. Um, so I don't know if you guys wanted to kind of delve into that. Um, I actually I know everybody kind of knows what's going on. So we know he was um, accused of, of drunk, uh, drunk driving, or sitting in a Wendy's parking lot drive-through, or you know, and it went from forty-five, a forty-one-minute conversation to him being uh, getting into some type of altercation, and then him eventually being killed. Um, so today we know the officers uh, involved uh, are are being charged. Uh, Quincy probably will talk a little bit more about the charges, but what I wanted to approach was um, what I just wanted to mention was today I was watching Anderson Cooper and um, Anderson Cooper uh, had Van Jones on and Van Jones was talking about uh, a video he found of Rashard Brooks a year before um, he was killed <clears throat> and it was a piece where he was talking about um, how to get yourself together after, you know, mistakes. Because we know they like to criminalize victims so, so often they like to criminalize victims. So I thought it was really interesting because we, 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 we know these same standpoints. We know about police brutality. We know about all these different things. But one uh, approach that man, he was really, he was really articulate, really smart young man from what he was talking about, how he had made mistakes and he owned his mistakes and, um, he was on parole and he was talking about how hard it was for him to get a job and you know how he was trying to stay encouraged. Van Jones made a really good point and this is the point that I'm trying to make. He was on probation so um, you know a lot of times people who are on probation anything that they do they're, they're, they get sent back to jail. Right. They're done even if they're late for a meeting I mean whatever, depending on whatever, which, how your probation officer is you are subject to go back to jail. So now we get a better understanding of like why you ran. Like, I, you know, I, maybe I, this is the only chance I have to, you know. Um, and he was just talking about how the system is just so messed up where anybody who has any, anybody on probation who has any contact with the police, they're just subject to going back to jail. And a lot of times that's why we have people that do try to escape. They figure, hey, I don't have, uh, you know. So we is there some type of reformation that we need to, um, do within that system to kind of make it like okay yeah maybe they maybe that's when they find out he was on parole who knows but to make it kind of a situation where um, it's not so well I guess it's frightening in general to be a black man or black person and, and be in contact with the police but then to be someone on parole you're just like what do I have to lose at this point so 
that you know that's kind of where we are. Um, Quince, I don't know if you want to go ahead and talk about the charges. Um, some, you know, I know they were kind of new, but I know you kind of went over them a little bit. If you wanted to kind of discuss that with the officers. Yeah, Quince, if you could walk us through not even only the charges, but walk us through what happened that night, and then walk us through where we are today, the charges, and why you feel like you know the things went the way they did this go round. Okay, um, the officers got a call that somebody was parked in the Wendy's drive-through sleep. Um, they arrived, knock on the window. Rashad was asleep. They asked him to pull over to the side. He pulled over. Um, they was having a pretty good dialogue for like a good 30 minutes. Um, they asked him all the, uh, one officer asked him, uh, did he have a drink? He said, yeah, he had a couple of drinks. And he eventually went to a field sobriety test. I guess, uh, in their opinion, uh, he, he failed the field sobriety test. And when they went to handcuff him, uh, Rashad started fighting. Um, officers, why, why are they trying to take him down to the ground? He pulled out his taser. Rashad takes his taser from him, uh, starts running. He fires the taser. Uh, and then the officer shoots him in the back. And the debates, the back and forth I've been having, and I would say the law enforcement officers who I spoke to, it's been like 60, 40. 60 don't agree with me, 40% agree with me. Um, well, probably after the facts came out today, it's probably different. But at the time, uh, we were discussing because when you're trained in the academy, they, you're actually tased, and, and, they, and you're tased so you can feel what it does to you and what it does to other people. And so one of the things they, they tell you, like, look, if if you if you're tased, if somebody tased you and they get your gun, they could kill you because because I mean you you pretty much uh, can't move. I mean you. You're spasming out, and for about five seconds, you can't do shit. And so the interesting thing that stood, stood out to me, I, and, I, and I was telling somebody, that's kind of the issue with the academy is, like, every scenario is so ideal in the academy. And, and, like, you know, you got the bank robbers. It's, like, the really ideal situation. And a lot of times in the academy, uh, you're kind of, like, working – alone when you do scenarios so but i thought the situation had changed as far as like so a lot of police officers felt that the shooting was justified because if the officer uh was tased rashad could take his gun and kill him my issue with that was i think that that's a good argument if the officer is by itself i'm somebody i spent most of my career i work by myself so I had, and trust me, when I things change versus when you work by yourself and when you have a partner. And so I thought with a second officer there, it was highly unlikely that he was going to be able to tase him and take his gun and and do all that with another officer there. So I thought that with a second officer being there, that kind of changed that argument. Now today we find out that the taser was already fired. So that means an officer knew that not only he pat him down and he didn't have a weapon, 
his only weapon was already fired in the taser. He, he didn't he he couldn't fire it anymore. So and he still shot him. So with 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 that information coming out today, to me, I think that's the, the biggest game changer, and, and that's why he was charged uh, so harshly. But also, I think that one thing I learned from the Rodney King case, because I don't think a lot of people really like knew a lot other than what what they saw in the clip, was in the Rodney King case. The thing that one of the major things that got them in trouble was what they said at the hospital. They was bragging about how many home runs that they hit, how many RBIs they hit. And so when when a nurse heard that, a nurse actually reported that. So a lot of times how they go back and determine your intentions is how you respond afterwards or using force. And in Rashad Brooks' case, now we're hearing about that, that not only they didn't render aid for two minutes, but the officer kicked him in the head and the other one stood on his shoulders. So I think that's why you saw the DA pretty much throw the damn book at him. And, and, and the reason why so many charges, he, he even charged them um, there. I guess there were people sitting in a car and those people were in a shooting background. And one, one thing they teach you as well is that if you don't have a good shooting background and you could possibly shoot civilians, you can't shoot. And I guess he shot anyway. So he was also charged with putting those people's lives in danger in the parking lot as well. So that's why it eventually got to 10, 11 charges. And they pretty much, uh, I mean, he's up for the death penalty. I don't think I ever heard a police officer up for the death penalty. So we are yeah. we are in um, uh, uncharted, unprecedented times right now. So yeah, um, one of I believe it was Chris Cuomo said that that they they have researched it. So you're saying just by Google knowledge, but they said they researched it and they hadn't heard that um, of an officer being up for the death penalty for something he did on duty. So so let me ask you: Do y'all think this change came specifically because of what we just went through with Derek Chauvin and? George Floyd, do you think the change in the way that he was prosecuted, the way that he was charged, is a direct reaction and a correlation to what we just saw happen? Um, let's go to uh, Chan first. Yeah, I think it's definitely a sign of the times right now. Um, Keisha Lance Bottom, the, the, the mayor, she talked about how um, you know they have been having such swift charges in some of these cases, like with the, with the um, college students a couple weeks ago and now with this and a lot of times, you know, with police officers, if we ever get anything, but yeah, I think it's definitely a sign of the times. They know, you know, right now, everybody, they're getting some examples. People have to be made examples of, and that's that's what I think is happening right now. Um, uh, Ron, let me get your um, opinion on what do you see happen? Do you feel like it's progress? Do you feel like it's only appeasement, or do you feel like it's a little bit of both in regards to, you know, the, what's happening and how uh, full-throated they come in with the charges? Because we haven't seen this before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, they um, they're talking about defunding the police, which is just reallocating funds, which for for them means okay, no more new toys and things of that nature. So when 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 money starts to be affected, what we've seen in America is that policy gets changed, people start taking action, and things move. So. As we see, money's being affected, 
things are happening. We got to keep absolutely. Sheila, on. let me get your take on the whole case. What you see, what you feel. Do you think they're taking the right course of action? Do you think it's the right thing? Um, I think it's absolutely the right course of action. I know that every time we have things like this, they start going in our favor. We are kind of skeptical, like. You know, like, is this just an angle? Like, we have to kind of let that go. We have to be like, hey, these are the kind of consequences that we've been asking for. This is what needs to happen. I'm very happy to see that they're throwing the book at his ass because that needs to be in the mind of all the rest of these police officers going forward. Like, hey, I might have some real consequences now. I guarantee right. when they see this become the regular, they will consider that before they decide to. It's like, is this part taking this person's life worth the rest of your future? Well, just right. to add to that point, um, I was watching earlier and they said that police are like calling out, not going on calls, that they're doing their own version of, of a strike. Um, and the mayor was like, you know what, we're handling it. We have other people from other agencies and, you know, they can do what they want, but, you know, we're really fighting for some, some real change. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think we are um, definitely uh, about to start seeing change. I think the way police are able to do their thing, as they say, under the law and, and you know, just the animalistic things they did afterwards, like kicking them while after he was already shot and standing on his shoulders and shit like that. Like, that's the shit that really, really has to stop. Because so, even if you want to say up to that point, it was a good shooting. After that, like, what, what was the point of that? Like, why would you do that to a human being? So I'm glad that they came out this fast, this harsh, this precise, because I think that's the only way to start holding cops accountable. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and because and, you know, we'll talk about this a little later when we get into the police reform or the lack thereof that Trump just signed. But to me, the biggest glaring thing about that, that whole uh, executive order was there still are no mechanisms in place for accountability. And as long as there are no mechanisms in place for accountability, it don't matter what you do or say, because if there's no mechanism to be started once something happens like that, especially on a federal level, we still gonna have those issues. But I wanna bring our first guest in. Uh, we got my man, he's been my boy since literally the first grade. Uh, my man, Cooney I, um, comes from a, a, a great family, uh, you know, him, Bahia, David, uh, Kalia, Camila, Joyce, you know, them, them my peoples. But um, me and him had a great conversation yesterday. Um, I don't know if y'all saw on my personal Facebook page, on my profile, we were talking about Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And, you know, uh, me and Cooney talked for about, I want to say almost two hours yesterday. And, you know, just was really trying to hash things out about, you know, what we can do to one, make everybody feel like we should be under one banner and two he was kind of giving me some background and some insight on where the whole all lives matter thing came all black lives sorry all black lives matter uh came from within the lgbtq community so i'm going to bring him on now uh cooney what's up man uh what's thank you on? thank you for joining us man i really appreciate you i appreciate the conversation we had yesterday um yes, I, I know i did not want to talk about this today without having your voice on the on on the call having your voice in the show so okay. so so one i want you to give us a quick just a quick outline of what your perception of uh all black lives matter is <sighs> so it's my understanding i've uh, been a part of different zooms and all that kind of stuff pretty much the long story short of it is is that where all black lives matter um la where that started from was so this is june june is pride month right gay pride month right the opening season 
For LA Pride is also known as CSW, which is Christopher Street West. Christopher Street West, LA Pride decided that they were going to have a solidarity march um, for in support of, excuse me, Black Lives Matter. Um, there was no conversation, no, no uh, uh, um, conversation with any of the black gay um, leaders, new or old to even see if that's what we wanted. And at, the, and at the same time, that was in conjunction, they were going to do it in conjunction with the, uh, with the police department, which also caused a lot of problems. So after all the back and forth, back and forth, I guess there was some mm, old bones that needed to have been rehashed. It should have been some, I apologize. Um, let me kind of give some quick little back history. Long story short of it is, out in West Hollywood, oftentimes black people were not received at all. There was a, uh, um, a lot of discrimination that, had, that has been going on out there, um, including um, from how we dress. You know, it's summertime, for example. So every guy normally buys like three white T-shirts for every day, right? Pair of shorts, cool sneakers, that's your fit, right? They wouldn't let, let them into a lot of the clubs. Um, but of course, when you look in there, all the white people had on the same thing that we had on, right? So because of all that, I guess at the end of the conversation, there was no support and love. So Christopher Street West backed out of it, quote unquote, technically. Two of their board members continued on and that's where the All Black Lives Matter came from. So it strongly suggested, well, you're saying Christopher Street West does not have any parts to do with this, but two of your board members is leading this charge. Well, if it smells like a duck, if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it has to be a duck. And so then, therefore, it was a lot of dissentment amongst the, the black gay you, you know, you know, community. Well, why are we having this? You know, a, a lot of people just re really wasn't aware of what a, of really where it kind of really where it stemmed uh, where it stemmed from. That's kind of like the ninety second version of where right. it came from. Right, right. So, so and it sounds like uh, in, in in this conversation, um, it was a bit of something like I don't want to say infighting, but it was kind of something going in between the different sects of the LGBT community. And I, I know me, and you talked about this, and you were talking about how um, how 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 racist how racism within the LGBT community is, is very rampant. And, and that's one of the reasons also that the all black lives matter uh, came out. So, and, and you know, and, and then it took a life of its own, as you said, and you were talking about the black lives matter movement where you said it turned into people saying, well, we feel like uh, hetero cis America is pretty much trying to keep us silent. So it became well, like a few different things, right? Go ahead. Okay, so so like yeah, so that part was just kind of based upon. So since everything's been going on, like I told you, I've been kind of slow to really form my real opinion. I've just really been just trying to absorb everything that's been going on. I've been trying to keep my fingers on the pulse of the young people. What are you guys talking about? How are you guys feeling? You know, I'm on different people's posts. I'm not necessarily liking or nothing. I'm just reading a lot of the comments. Um, and so at, at, when I was looking at, at, at large with different various components of uh, Black Lives Matter, um, I personally kind of noticed 
where, you know, if they were talking about um, reform def uh, or whatever, I'm seeing amens and Black Lives Matter. Um, I'm seeing where, you know, for example, when George Floyd, for example, okay, when they brought up his, cr his criminal background and him doing porn, people didn't care about that. It doesn't matter. Amen and Black Lives Matter. When it came down to the whole COVID and wanting to use um, um, Africa as that test tube for vaccines, right? Um, I'm saying, screw that. Amen. Black Lives Matter. But as I was noticing um, amongst various posts, that when, when and, and that silly, don't look on celebrities because people are always going to try to act right, you know, on a lot of times on celebrities. But I kind of noticed whenever it came down to something happened to a gay person or something happened to the transgender community, that there was there was there was very little amen and Black Lives Matter, and so that made me kind of start start you know kind of suggesting that well is there really a need for all Black Lives Matter? Um, because once again, protests and riots as the voices of the unheard. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so let me ask you this, because, you know, I mean, you got into like kind of the nuts and bolts of a lot of the other stuff in regards right. to how the, the, the literal, just like Black Lives Matter is a foundation and, and specific people, we kind of got into the nuts and bolts of how all Black Lives Matter was kind of co-opted by certain people that probably don't have our best interest at heart, which is something that me and you both said could be a little dangerous in regards to a repeat of what we saw with the white feminism movement and during the civil rights movement. Uh, we talked about that. And we talked about those things, but you said something that was very enlightening. You said, well, if we was taking care of our people, it wouldn't be so easy for well, yeah, because you made a very valid point during that. You made a very valid point during that conversation that I didn't think about, you know, which was, you know, um, our black women, for example, getting plucked, you know, to go to go over and move over into, you know, to work for or um, the, the feminist cause, you know, the white women feminist cause. And so my response literally kind of was, well, bad analogy but if you're looking at a pimp and a, a, a pimp and and his woman the only way a woman can, can get plucked is if the man is not if the man is taking care of his woman she can't get plucked you know and when it comes down to when it comes down to it you know black women and and I don't care what nobody well in, in my personal opinion you know gay people have certain financial resources that married couples of people with children don't uh, um, we have more money we have more money we fund you know we, we we have the money we have the resources we you know gay people have been a lot of the thinkers and 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 all that you know by you know behind the scene so no matter to me whether not trying to get into the semantics personally of well doesn't all included a black i just feel like it's just better right now to get ahead of that curve right and to embrace and, and to embrace them all off top and i'm just saying saying like 
I really haven't seen reading posts and, and even having conversations with people like that, that like the, that's that could, right for all black people. Okay, so I'm, right. I'm glad you brought that up and I'm glad you talked about it because and this is what kind of what we want to get to. We want to get to what will it take? What are the conversations that need to be had? What will it take for us to feel like Black Lives Matter will be enough for the LGBTQ community to feel like we are all one that we all do care about you know, um, I think that's that simple, Dane. I, I just think because I don't think that any of them want that. Th there's no special rules. There's no there, there's no exemptions. Right. That I, 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 I'm not hearing as I'm talking to to various people, uh, you know, they don't want any special, unique laws or whatever rules made. They just I, I believe that they just want the same as everybody else, which is support and an amen, you know. That they're you, actually you, from, exactly. from, from their I wanna, community. I want to make sure we talk about that because so 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 a lot of people in the LGBT community feel like black people at large, you know, have have not been giving you guys support. And I want to make sure we talk about this because I've talked to like outside of you, I start I talked to numerous people since the conversation yesterday, and they mm -hmm. all kind of echoed the same thing, right? Like we just want we just want support and want to feel like we are all equal like not like and 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 we know that there's conversations that do need to be had amongst ourselves about homophobia like we can't pretend that that's give me two seconds i gotta plug my phone back up give me two okay. seconds okay uh while he's plugging his phone up uh ron i want you to jump in and, and, and give me a take on what you just heard and, and, and what you're feeling okay can you hear me now yep i got you okay um, I mean, it's it's. I think it's a conversation that we we were discussing yesterday, and it it comes down to me, is that you know personally, I don't care what your your any preference you have, any any lifestyle you choose, as that's completely up to you. But when we have a movement that's promoting Black Lives Matter, for me, that's an all inclusive term, and so that includes everyone that's black. Now, I hear the the different side of the story that's saying that hey, we don't feel as appreciated. For me, now is not the time to, you know, because I'm sure there's a lot of different sects and groups within our, our community that feel the same way. But if we're going to get something accomplished, we have to approach this as a fist. You know, we all have to be together and we all have to put all our little petty differences aside, not not belittling anyone's opinion. But we, we have to get to the point where we can say, you know what, this is the time that we're all making action move. Um, quite frankly, when we do something for black people, seems like the, the the measuring stick gets higher for everyone. And so if, if we can focus on that, I feel that every group in their own way will be appreciated and will be given their credence. We have plenty of people who are from the LGBT community, LGBTQ plus community that that have been our four, our, our, our leaders, you know, from James Baldwin to, I mean, it, the, the, the list goes on. And even at some point they understood this is bigger than me. This is bigger than my strike. This is something that we all need to get on board on. Now, do I have a problem with them using the term? It, it, it's nothing I agree with, but I mean, if, if it's what makes you feel a part of the movement, hey, go, go right ahead. But for me, that's separating yourself from the group as a whole. Right, and so, so I, and I, I want to talk about that because I talked to um, uh, a, a young lady, uh, Mynesha Diane. She's um, a good friend of mine, and she's always on our posts, and she's always, you know, me and her always talking, having having good conversation. But she was kind of saying the same thing in regards to black women. She like a lot of times, 
not Correct. only the LGBTQ feel that way. She said a lot of black women feel Correct. have been silenced with, you know, in regards to into this whole movement. So and talking to her, talking to a couple of other people, talking to a couple of my other friends from the LGBTQ, I feel like, OK, even if if we don't agree with the all black lives matter, you know, slogan, them saying that. What do we need to do that? Because we believe that Black Lives Matter includes everybody. But obviously, outside of us and, and, and online and, and online community, and I went and saw some things, you know, like you go look at um, look at certain posts on the shade room and, and stuff like that. You will see that there's a section of people who don't feel the way we do in regards to including black women and, and including gay people. So my thing is. How do we the ones the ones like us who really feel like Black Lives Matter is for everybody? How do we kind of help to push together where everybody can really feel like Black Lives Matter? So you won't have to say all Black Lives Matter. Uh, Sheila, let me let me go to you on that. Um, I, I think that the the first start is conversations like this because I'm gonna be honest. I'm somebody who's had strong opinions, but even him being here as a guest and giving his part of it, I see things a little bit differently now. I can't be introduced with new information and be one of those people who just digs into what I believed before. I'm always open to somebody else's perspective and that might change the way that I see something. Um, just speaking for myself in the past, I was one of those people who felt like, kind of just being honest, more of that hostility to where it's like, it felt like them saying, oh, you got to include us too, was like saying like they had to feel more special even in the cause that we're all fighting for. Like, why can't it just be Black Lives Matter? Why do it have to be a special shout to you above the other Black lives that we're fighting for? Or I've been one of those people who felt like y'all have a voice. Y'all have gotten so many rights ahead of us in our fight as Black people with the LGBTQ community, I've, I've always, I've felt that way. White people, now, white, <laughs> white gay right. people, let's be clear. Right. Cause I agree with you, but, uh, but, but, but that's more so those rights were white LG, but white gay people. And I accept that <laughs> point. I, yeah. I totally accept that point. And like I said, you coming here and talking about some of your experiences, it kind of changed my perspective. Like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I didn't think about that aspect of it. So if we could just have some more people who would not try to dig so hard into this is how it is and this is how I feel, this is what it is, and just really be open to what other people's experiences are, that's the first step to getting somewhere where we can we can all join together and say, oh, okay, I see what you mean. I feel you. I got your back just like you have mine. Right, because I think at the end of the day, that's all everybody wants, right, is I got your back just like just like you got mine. And nobody can have your back better than a black person, period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chandra, let me get your what are your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter uh debate, if you will. I I mean, I just feel like everything is so um ADD. Like, you know, what are we really fighting for? Are we fighting for, you know, police brutality, recognition, you know, for black people? Because, you know, when you look at somebody, you know, when I've seen these people who have been harmed by the police and things that we're fighting for, I've never looked and said, oh, this person is this. Oh, this person is that. What do we all have in common first? We're black. So that's kind of where I thought about it. So now it's like every everything is ADD. 
first we fighting the all lives matter people. Now we're trying to understand the all black lives matter people. Like y'all don't feel maybe maybe y'all don't feel like this on a daily basis outside of this. So we have to figure out what we have to do. But it's like, at what point are we going to become a collective without like branching off and fighting little fights? You know, right. That's, right. That's where I am with it. Can and I make a small point to that? Yes, go ahead. Um, I'm starting to think that maybe we need to refresh the approach to that. Maybe we, maybe it's unrealistic to expect that all of us will be moving in the same direction. Maybe we do need a little bit of, hey, y'all attack this issue with the police reform. We're going to attack this issue with where we're all still pretty much on the same page of Black Lives Matter. But maybe we do kind of need to divide and conquer a little bit and not be trying to, because it's like herding cats. Yeah. And especially if we're talking about dismantling systemic racism, because we know there's so many parts, right? Like, like, like we talking about, uh, you know what I'm saying? We talking about trying to dismantle a system that has been in place for like years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like since the inception of this country. And this is the first time that people outside of black people are actually, um, even acknowledging the system exists like literally not even doing nothing yet this is the first time they e even acknowledging that this system has has been racist to us so we do That's have true. to do we do have to attack all of that because we are attacking all of uh systemic racism but systemic racism does affect us like like chandra said the one thing we all have in common regardless of politics regardless of religion regardless of orientation is that we black and this system touches all of us because we black like that's 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 the baseline but for me i feel like okay if there are people who feel like they aren't being heard i don't even want to fight about them saying all black lives matter i don't even want to fight about that i want to fight about how can we get y'all to feel heard so y'all can feel like when we say black lives matter we talking about everybody because for me i know for me when i say black lives matter i mean every single life you know what I'm saying? I mean, every single life, every single way. And and the reason I pushed back against the All Black Lives Matter was only because I knew that it was about some other shit. I knew it was about co-opting the movement. I knew it was about some other people trying to slide in and do some other faulty shit. But like Coney said, if we was really talking and taking care of our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ community, it wouldn't be so easy for shit to be infiltrated like that. So my thing is, what do we got to do to stop this infiltration? Because that's what's important to me. Hold on, Coney. Hold on. You muted. My bad. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Coney. Okay. So I, and what I'm about to say, I probably am going to speak out of both sides of my mouth, right? So, yeah, I personally kind of believe that the All Black Lives Matter movement, at least in here in L.A., hey, you know, follow the money, right? That is a way of infiltrating and uh, um, breaking us apart. Um, it's still, you know, important for us to, you know, to remain remain together. But I had to put my thumbs up, and I'm sorry, sister, I don't remember your name with the cap with the with, with the red um with Sheila. the red Sheila. Um, you know, as I was, you know, after our conversation, I was thinking about different things, and no matter what we're going to have to run many dual plans at the same time. This is not about, in my opinion, whether it's Black Lives, uh, Black, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter USA, Black Lives Matter worldwide. That, that part doesn't matter. 
we're still going to have to run dual plans at the same time. This is not about just hitting a home run. This is about really trying to, like, what is it called? Bases loaded. <laughs> you know, uh, bases loaded because to a certain degree, we don't never know when we will get this same, same type of energy or synergy ever again. In the, you know, you know, in this way. Agreed. So, and and so, that's why I feel like we need to take this moment to talk and listen to each other so we can so, hit those home runs. So it may not necessarily be a bad thing of, you know, Dame, you know, you, you worked on many, you know, on many different projects. There are several moving parts to get that album out, to get that commercial made, to get that movie shot. Right. You know, because everybody has a role. Right. And everything, every you know, everybody has that role, and so I, I'm not for sure. It may not be necessarily a bad thing that that there is. I won't say like sex because we all need to be moving together, but moving different parts with the same goal and mission. Everybody, everybody does not know how to write laws and legislation, right? Some people, the only thing that they have is, is, is know how to cook and know how to feed brothers and sisters. That's a blessing. You know, some people, all some people are good for is their money. That's great. Just because you're not on the front line doesn't mean that you don't have a role and responsibility. So I think that, you know, as long as that these type of conversations has to kind of be occurring consciously nonstop. Yeah. Because it's just not good enough just to sit up out there. I was talking to some of my young brothers and sisters and everything. They was out there looting and all this and kind of stuff. I was like, okay, well, what after that? And and so all of them kept saying, well, we'll figure that out later. That's not a good answer. That's an incomplete answer. You know, <laughs> that's a very incomplete answer. Not to try to tell you how to feel or what to do, but that's a very incomplete answer. Um, the other the other thing that I wanted to mention, too, though, is I think that sometimes when we and and, and I know Dan, you kind of share some things with me, or, or, you know, around and there's so many damn different terms that, I, you know, but, you know, but, but for straight heterosexual males, whatever the, 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 the term is, you know, of, of being a, being attacked. But I think one of the things that one of one of the things that we have to be mindful for of is are women the people quote unquote are the least of these not calling women least of these you know what i'm right. saying i know what you're but, saying but, yeah. but 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 as but as but but as a but as a whole grown man we are supposed to protect our women our children our you, you know our you know the our elderly, elderly. The, the elderly the yeah. marginalized you know uh a community so 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 you know sometimes i think we need to kind of be mindful of the lens that we're looking through because everybody is not going to agree with this you know certain things can easily be seen as misogynistic right that's going to turn a lot of our black women away you know i had about five other things to say but i'll let somebody talk all right, uh, Quincy, I want to let you jump in um, in, in, in regards to what you've seen around uh, on all Black Lives Matter and, and what are your thoughts and what do you think we can do to because my, my whole thing, like I said, I want to make it where we can say Black Lives Matter and, and everybody mm -hmm. really feels included. So what do you think we need to do? I mean, when you look into the black race, we all feel unappreciated. Black women feel unappreciated. 
Black men, hell, we just want to be victims. Can somebody acknowledge us as being victims for 24 hours before they start making us villains? You know, you got, you got uh, black gay men who, you know, in, in our culture for for decades, you know, that that was just, we was worse than <laughs> shit. <laughs> Anybody when it came to dealing with, you know, gay black people, especially like 80s, 70s on back. So I think... I think we all have our own gripes or are feeling unappreciated. And so I think if we all end up being separate, it, it does. I, I think we could all move uh, with, with our plans by being under the same movement. Because like I said, when, when I say Black Lives Matter, I'm thinking about every single Black person. My, my only issue, and, and, I, and I go back to Billy Porter's uh, video was that at a time <laughs> that, that 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 during the time where black men are, are trying to be acknowledged as victims he was making us out to be a villain which exactly what the media was making damn near every george floyd they was making him out to be a villain Ahmaud arbery yeah like 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 even when we're done wrong someone always constantly making us uh a villain. And so that was my biggest gripe. But when you break us down to like black men, black women, uh, hell, even our elderly don't even feel appreciated and respected like they used to. Like when you break down them to every, every group within us, we all feel some type of appreciation. But uh, the more and more I'm, I'm hearing this conversation, maybe, I mean, I think we all could all just, uh, you know, work on different um, movements, but still understand that like, it's all black life. You know, to me, it's Black Lives Matter, and that 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 that's how I feel. I, I'm never. I mean, he kind of messed it up, but when Jesse um, Smollett, Smollett, I mean, I think we all rallied behind him until yeah. <laughs> we, until the bullshit came. Yeah, until the bullshit came. But you know, we I. It, there, there was no part in my mind that ever thought. Hell, I, I, I kind of thought. I, I kind of thought maybe he was attacked because maybe he was black and gay. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, like, right. like, 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 like that ran across my mind. But when, when that came out, it was like, but <laughs> I was, I was one of the main ones. Like, what you think somebody gonna make up something like that? But even a black man can't even get attacked. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know they're saying about Jesse, and I'm clowning what I say is for y'all to believe that that makes me question where y'all went to high school at. It was in Chicago and it was cold as all get out. Okay, the bombs are not on the street. If you were up out there at that time, you are hooking, crooking, and whoring. Period point blank. But this the thing, Coon. This the thing though. We was trying to get a benefit of doubt, and we was in to to Quincy point. This is a moment we trying to get behind the gay young black brother who says something happened to him. Like we didn't know the details yet. But pay attention. You didn't notice that every year, right before the season started, he always had some drama. I did. I really. I did. I I did. I was imitating art. Yeah, oh, yeah I, did, I didn't pay attention to him like that. I'm following dude like that. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, it was in the news. It was like on Channel 7. I ain't talking about on gay.com. I'm talking about ABC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 
but but what I'm saying though, I'm I said even, even in that moment, that was like because me and Quincy talked about that. We was trying to 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 be behind them, but then when shit started looking fishy, we start saying, "Hey man, this shit ain't adding up." But what happened when we said ain't adding up, Coon, Was people came out attacked us? Was like y'all yeah. was saying that because he gay? Because if he did. wasn't gay, y'all wouldn't be saying that shit. Even but a big piece he, and vibe, but, a article and vibe came out. Y'all didn't that. call me. You should have called me. No, but, <laughs> be worried when I say something. Because we just didn't think that somebody would make up something like that. that. It was a hate crime because he was black. He he didn't say it was because he was gay. Right? Didn't they pour bleach on him and call him the N-word? They didn't. No, no, no. No, he added he added both. No, that nigga story had it all. Remember, he added black and gay. He like he like they said, ain't you? They said, ain't you that black F-word from uh, ain't you that nigger, that nigga F-word from Empire? Oh, uh, like what yeah. Trump supporters watch Empire first of all? That's when it got that's when it got tricky to me. <laughs> Let me as, soon as, as soon as the details start coming out, that's yeah, slowly like when the yeah, details I, come out, I was like, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But but even then, what happened was there was that's what I'm saying. That separation came when we started to question it because it wasn't yeah. adding up, and then a lot of gay people was like, Y'all just jumping on, on his back because he's gay and y'all don't want to support us. And now I'm like, no, nah, like this shit sound crazy. That's why I'm you know, kind of, but but that's what I mean. So those are the, to me, those are the conversations that we got to have because everything can't be. Soon as I disagree with you, I'm homophobic because that's what a lot of shit is is turning into. Soon as I don't see eye to eye, oh, you homophobic? Like no, like because if I'm if I'm advocating that's for you on this out. issue, yeah, if I'm advocating for you over here, advocating for you on this issue, but right here necessarily on in this moment, we don't necessarily see eye to eye. That shouldn't be the go-to unless I'm saying something homophobic, you know what I mean? But it really has become a lot of times, a lot of straight dudes, I've seen it, especially on Facebook, a lot of straight dudes that have get into these conversations, it goes straight to, oh, you a homophobe. And I'm like, and at that point, the conversation is over because where can, where can we go after that? Once you decided that's what it is, how can we even build? You know what I'm saying? So, so to Correct. me, so to me, these are the things we need to kind of like, start talking about and tackling but also we do need to tackle when people say homophobic shit you know what i'm saying like i'm not here to say that like like to me nobody is blameless and i agree with quincy when he say look we all got some shit to to hold on our shoulders all of us we all got some shit to hold on our shoulders right, right. but i think we do need to do a better job all of us black men black women uh uh lgbtq i think we all need to do a better job of just validating that we all fucking got trauma yeah you know what I'm saying? The, like, the, like the thing is, I, I think the thing is, it, you know, in my personal opinion, you know, black folks oftentimes, you know, we'll love on everybody else, but it, but we won't love on our same brothers and sisters. You know, I, I, I just think, period, because we all are traumatized, right? Like, you know, like can't none of us catch a break. But that's, I think, that's the piece. We got to love our people. We are not even accustomed to love, period, oftentimes in our own families, <laughs> in our own households, you know, all of those things. So, yeah, so many, unfortunately, so many of us are so used to consistently being attacked to where when anybody is even, like you said, questioning something or not seeing eye to eye, what they're really not hearing, they're not even hearing what you're saying. They're hearing their they're they're hearing their old issues. They're right. hearing their old trauma. Right. Is and, and they're proje then they're projecting that, you know, on you know, onto onto you. Un you know, yeah, unto you unnecessarily, you know. 
and so one of the things that I'm hoping that is coming out of this whole, out of this, uh, everything that's been going on is we have to start loving on each other a little bit more. You know, most black men don't even, most men don't even say to their fathers, a lot of times best friends have been best friends for 50 years. And I, right now I'm talking about men don't even say, I love you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Now we'll say, y'all, you my dog, you my nigga, you my woo poop. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, men, we are so, you know, accustomed to, you, you, you know, now, I mean, it's just, oh, yeah, that's my bitch. You know, yeah, that's my bitch. For the you know, that's not loving. That's not affirming, you know. And I think hopefully over time, if we love on one another a little bit more, it'll make these type of conversations much easier to have. You know, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I, I was talking to my niece about that today. I told her, I said, you know what, the problem is, it's hard to have these conversations when you don't know if the person that you're talking to is coming from a place of love. Like, if if, if you don't know, like, 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 come, me and you, me and you could beef, not beef, but me and you could disagree and argue, but because we know the foundation of like you, my you, my dog, like, and and you've been my in my family since the first grade, like, so because mm -hmm. we had a foundation. When we disagree, we know that disagreement is just that. It's not deeper than that. It's mm -hmm. not nothing we projected on each other. It's not no mm -hmm. ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. It's not no other shit. But mm -hmm. if we don't have that that blanket of, of love for each other in the beginning, it is easy for people to start feeling contentious and, and to start feeling defensive and, and, and going at each other and shit like that. So we do. We definitely have to work on speaking to each other in love, speaking love into each other. And you know, and all those type of things. Uh, we got Mars. He he just was able to come on right now. Mars, I know you've been watching this whole thing and and listening. Uh, just just tell me where you at right now. Tell me what you're hearing and tell me what you're feeling. Uh, um, is, is it Cooney? Is that his name? Yeah, Cooney. Yeah, bro, you put you you dropped some science and some some things in which um I wasn't aware of. So thank you for expanding my knowledge on the situation. Um, my feeling on everything is that at some point, you know, we as black men, black people, it's like we got to just grow up and get over our own individual petty stuff and just move forward as a unit. I think um, speaking on, on, the, on the love thing, I know for me personally, um, it's very difficult for me to, to open up on, on certain things. It's like, you know, from just my experience, it's like I like to go through the trials of fire and learn who that individual is and then once i've you know successfully gone through those fires it's a little bit easier for me to show those affections i don't necessarily know if that's a healthy way to, to do it um but that's just been my way of thing my way of doing things um but and again it's also knowing what our faults are and being able and being able to address it internally as well as being able to speak it I'm glad you said that too. address it internally. That's that's first and foremost. We got to address our shit internally before we let it out to the world that we separated. You know what I mean? And, and speak it and speak it and speak it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got to do that for real. Um, shit, man. This is a great conversation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I definitely want to keep it going. And I definitely want to try to try to bridge that gap, man, because, you know, I talked to uh, a couple of other people who was like, Yo, Dame, like you're open minded. You're advocating. You try to advocate for all black people. They said, but, you know, you in these sports groups, you see what people say about Dwayne Wade's daughter. You see what people say about Dwayne Wade as a father. You see what people say about 
you know, trans people on the shade room. Like they're like, you see all those things. So they were like, there's not a lot of people who, who, who move the way that you do. So, you know, I, I had to step back and step out of it and, and realize that there are a lot of people who don't move like that. And because like for me, and I know me and Quincy talked about this a lot. I'm like, look, even, even if you don't disagree with Dwayne Wade and, and, and what him and his family are doing and how they decide, that's not our business. And it's not our place to tell them how to move. Even if you disagree, that's not our place to tell them how to move. If they think that's what's best for their family and they think that's how they need to do it, then cool. I support that period. Because in my mind, like I said, if we are really going to get behind and really get with and help black people, we need to really get behind and get with black people. Even if there's, cause like there's shit you're not going to agree with. There, there is like, there's religion. Like if people start bringing Muslims versus Christianity, then boom, we done. We dead in the water. Like it's so many things. If Republican versus Democrat. Boom. We dead in the water again. Like it's so many reasons for us to not be together that we have to do our best to try to stay focused. And I've been preaching this every single day, stay focused, stay focused. We have to do our best to stay focused on the prize, which is dismantling this system. Because like Ron said, if we dismantle this system, I think things will get better for all sections of black people. If the systemic racism is dissected, if that system is dismantled, healthcare for elderly people is going to get better. Healthcare for elderly black people. Uh, the laws for the laws that help black people are also going to help the black LGBTQ community at large. Laws that help black people are even going to help fucking Candace Owens and and Officer Tatum. Like you know what I mean? Like it's all the laws that help black people are essentially going to help everybody. And what the um, economy has said and the economy has shown too, when black people are doing well in the country, you can go back to the sixties and fifties when the black people are doing well economically in the country. The country overall does better yeah the country overall does better so it even behooves the people who just about they coin it even behooves them to want black people to do better because it literally makes the bottom line in the economy of america better go ahead sheila i disagree go ahead um i think that in general yes it will behoove the country for us to do better but you have to understand how many mediocre white people who have benefited from this privilege will be displaced by our advancement. A lot of people have their nice jobs, making the money they're making because of the way that we've been oppressed. Yeah. If we actually get equal standing and equal opportunities, a lot of them are not going to have the same jobs. A lot of them are not going to be able to live in the same place because they've never had to be, we've always had to fight to be amazing. Right. So that's not right. normal. That's right. not normal. So yeah. if you put some people who are used to fighting hard to be amazing against some people who are used to getting by on being mediocre, these are going to fall to the side. And that is the real reason for the constant oppression. And the of course, absolutely. Us down because it's like, yo, I might lose my no, like I can't. Well, yeah, because, um, you know, I was talking to a white friend of mine. Shout out to my boy, Seti Smooth. Um, me and him have been having these conversations for a while. But he was saying, he was like, I think one of the biggest things that people fear is that even in dismantling this, if you don't call yourself, quote unquote, racist, you are going to have to face the fact that some of the things you actually benefited from might you might lose. You might actually lose some of the things, some of those things you benefited from. You might actually lose some of those, you know, up jump jumped in front of the line 
type things. You might actually miss a little some of that. So I agree with you there. But but even then, like you said, even us fighting to just be using amazing just to be regular, you know, just to get a regular opportunity. Even then, that still is going to bode well for the country because you know what? Because we we're exceptional, and when we get to be exceptional, we we move mountains. You know what I'm well, saying? And, and if I you don't, don't have a problem bringing other people with us, uh, we don't because that's not our heart. Our heart is not if we get ours, we're going to press. And and I know that's a lot of people fear as well. Like, oh, if black people get power, they're going to do to us what we did to them. Like, but that's not even that's not our soul. That's not our heart. Honestly, sometimes I wish it was. because I think shit probably would have moved faster a little if it was, but it's not. So we have to move a, a different way. Go ahead, Coney. So the major. The thing is, black people have been many things, and we have been all things. But historically speaking, white people have been cunning. They have gotten what they have gotten um, by pillaging, all blah, 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 because they are cunning. And so, as many different people have said, um, uh, there was one video that I loved of that of that kind of heavy set black girl, where she in where where, where uh, yeah, thank you, Bunky, where she, and I loved how she ended it, be where she say something like, "Be thankful that we're just asking for equality and not revenge." Not revenge, yes. Oh, you, you know, and so the thing to me is, you know, I'm really not interested in other people's opinions or now that you're going to be uncomfortable like that is not a part of you've had 462 years <laughs> head start of, head start of accruing interest <laughs> compounded interest like even even if you don't make any more dollars like you are still generationally wealthy right like you're still generationally wealthy. And, the, and then even after, even once we get into place, there are still so many things, again, internally that we all are going to have to deal with, right? And we still going to have to go, there's going to be a whole lot of, you know, trials and, you know, all that kind of stuff and bringing, you know, um, bringing the black families back to, you know, bringing the black families back together, rebuilding our educational systems and what that's going to look like. There are so many various areas that we still gonna have to, you know, but but I'm not interested. I, I really don't care about. Uh, well, you know, now we're gonna. Uh, we we won't have our advantages. Yes, you will. You still own the building, <laughs> <laughs> right? You, you know, you right. still own the building. Black people don't own anything of substance. We don't control farmland. We don't control infrastructure. We don't control. Uh, we're not making money at best. Most of us don't even own the pink slip to our car. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Because you're talking generational wealth versus working and just trying trying to live and, and trying mm -hmm. to get by. So mm -hmm. so yeah, man, I, I feel you on that. But and, and you know, I kind of want to put a bow on this conversation so we can go to the next subject. But to put a bow on this, I want to say we all need to continue to have these conversations. Uh Cooney, I appreciate you coming on to be this voice for us because, like I said. I did not want to talk about this without having you on because I would have felt like we would have did ourselves a disservice trying to have this conversation without you here and having the complete picture. Because for me, I like to try to have a complete picture when we have 
uh, these conversations. So I appreciate you coming to help us bring the complete picture. Um, but stick with us because we got more shit to talk about. I'm sure you're going to want to chime in if you can. Uh, okay. Chan, what's, what we got next on the docket? Hold on, you muted, baby. <laughs> do, do we want to talk about the hanging deaths? Because we have that on the... Um, I mean, we don't want to talk about it, but I think we need to talk about it. You know, I was just reading about the couple of latest ones. Um, there was a younger, young black boy in Texas, and uh, they had video that they had of him going... It's just such an odd way to commit suicide. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist at all. And so I definitely would, if I, you know, I saw him, if I saw the video, whatever. But it's just like, there's like. So, so they released a video and he did hang himself on no, the tree? They didn't release a video, but they, they, there was a surveillance video, um, which is how, because like, they sure was, him. I guess what the issue was, what they were doing was they were calling a lot of them suspicious. They were saying that they weren't suspicious. They were automatically right away saying nothing, you know, no foul play, not suspicious. It was a suicide, like with little or no investigation. And people, of course, right now, this climate, we're like, okay, what's going on? You know, you go from, you know, it's just black people and hanging themselves. We're, we're not doing that. Right. That's just a historical, like, we're not doing that. But, yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It's just, I guess we have to wait for more information to come out. One case that they put out that they said it was a young black boy and it ended up not being. It was a young uh, Hispanic boy who um, who was found hanging uh, in Texas as well. But, but, but close to us, we have one in Palmdale and I want to Victor. say Victorville, maybe like yeah, Victorville. away from each other within just not too far, maybe 24 hours. It's just very odd. It's very odd. And you know, you don't really put nothing past them people. And it's a lot of racism out there. It's a, like in Victorville mm -hmm. and, and Palm Palmdale and like those places, those countries, like it's a lot of racism out yeah, there, man. There's a lot going on there. So so I just want to say, because there's not much to really talk about, just just one to say. All these black people hanging themselves ain't suicide. That's bullshit. We're not falling for it. We're not gonna believe it. That's one. They just gotta keep. They just gotta keep pressing for investigations and making keeping it. You know, making sure that that they're finding what you know because it's kind of hard when you're talking about police corruption and then they're the ones that have to investigate the crimes and you're like, wait a minute, you know, there needs to be some outside. But that goes into what we wanted to talk about with some of the changes since the protests. Um, that have happened. I don't know if you guys, uh, well, the main thing that my favorite thing, um, and not favorite in that it's funny or good, just the irony of it. If you guys have read anything related to what y'all president put kind of tried to put into play and some of the roadblocks he had because of some of the things that he canceled from President Obama in regards to police <laughs> reform and oversight. So it's like, I don't know if he's like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And somebody was like, this was already done. You over, overturned it. Or you, you know, executive ordered it out. So what are you going to do? So I don't know. He, you know, he's playing a little trick. That's why it really don't seem like nothing is done. It just seemed like a real big photo op. Let me get, let me just do this to kind of quiet the Negroes. And, you know, but some of the real things that, that have been, um, 
a lot of places have been outlawing or uh, outlawing the chokehold um, uh, in the police departments. Some police department, a lot of schools are cutting ties with police departments for um, you know yes. security work. A yeah, lot of colleges and high schools. Um, you have a, a couple of charges being um, brought up against officers for different things in protests, and then the ones we have talked about uh, charges, upgraded charges. Um, a lot of people are moving those, removing those monuments. They're done with it. We're done with the Confederate monuments. Y'all go in the river. Some of them are actually. Um, you know, uh, some of the state officials are, are saying, okay, we need to remove them. But most importantly, they are not locking up the black hair care product at Walmart. So for those of you who need <laughs> your Walmart because of that, I'm not playing. <laughs> so for those of you who need your can too, you don't have to wait 20 minutes. For somebody unlike it. Work. Mm-hmm. Or what I used to do is, I just used to go to Walgreens because they didn't lock it up. I stopped going to Walmart because of that. That was one that stuck out to me too. Well, you know what? Like I, I remember I had a whole conversation. I started a little town hall in the aisle. Like, cause you're looking at all these other hair care products and yeah. you get to the black section and it's it's under surveillance. Like there's a camera pointed to it and it's all locked down just for the black section. But you know what? I, I mean, you know, you gotta look at it from a business standpoint. Who knows? What you know, people were stealing. We go to this one Walmart where they locked the deodorant. They locked the um, <laughs> they locked the deodorant. They locked the razor. They locked the toothpick things. You know, the little floss things. So I guess they look at what's being loss prevention. Yeah, loss prevention. Yeah, loss prevention. And I don't think they're just saying let me lock up the black hair product. I guess somebody's like I don't have no edge control. Oh, in my pocket, and they're like, you know what? We locking it up. I don't know. But they're not locking it up anymore, so y'all do what y'all will. Hopefully, y'all paying for it like y'all supposed to. <laughs> yeah, uh, so there's a couple things. I don't know if you guys also kind of want to talk about some things you've seen. Oh, a lot of places are making Juneteenth a paid holiday. Yes. Yes. Finally. Yeah, so. um, Some of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, some of the changes I saw and that I hope they start to make on a federal level. Uh, One of the first things, uh, one of the first things was... um banning chokeholds in certain states and certain cities are are banning the chokehold and what's the name of that chokehold quincy the carotid the carotid hold the carotid hold um they they are, they are banning that so that that was good to see um i looked at uh trump's police reform bill and that reform bill that well i won't even call it a bill his executive order has no teeth it's literally a bill to incentivize the police to kind of try to stop fucking people up you know no, what i mean kind of try no, yeah the, the thing is it's just a big excuse like if a police officer feels that his life is endangered he can basically act the way that he is that's all but that's is. how it is already like that's how it is already and, and and i think the biggest miss to me was while you're supposed to be making police reform the whole time you're praising police as right. if to say y'all didn't do nothing wrong but i'm doing this to appease the black people that's that's what it felt like right that's what it felt like and and and, and i hate that yeah that's what it felt like and um i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring yeah i'm gonna bring cooney in for this one real quick um mars i can top out all right i'm gonna bring i love this hey i really feel like around the horn um (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna bring cooney in real quick for this so so what you did you want to say about it yeah yeah but see the 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 
remember that live that I tagged you in, um, Damon? Yeah. Uh, was that last week? Whatever it was. The with Jasmine, police, the, uh, yeah, with Jazz Mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's a great reporter? Blah blah blah. Da, 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 da. However, the police union is one of, I think, the strongest union backing of you know of candidates, laws, legislation. If you ever want to wonder something, like 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 um, I think was was it Bass or I, I can't remember the the, the uh, black politician lady, uh, but like she was saying, follow the money. Mm-hmm. If you follow the money train, you can follow you can find the intent. I don't care what words is being put on on the bill, you can find the heart of it when you follow the money. That's that was it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of police unions, uh, Quincy, I want you kind of speak to that. Like, what do you think is going to be the next step? Because when we talk about having mechanisms, of accountability, how can we have those mechanisms, of accountability when the, the, the police union is so strong? But also every other place has a union where if you're in management, management has one association. And if you're in lower, if you're not management, there's two different unions to protect them from each other. All in the police union, they're all together. So how the hell do you fix that? And do you uh, start mechanisms of accountability if the whole union is together like that? Well, first, you got to have officers that, that that's willing to go against the grain. Um, I could tell you uh, in the department I was working for, they tried the Black Police Association and the union dismantled that. And then when the Latino officers tried, they dismantled that and all of them got fired. So that's why I said with the whole uh, reform thing, if, if, if you don't protect, if there's not some type of law or strict laws to protect officers that's willing to stand up and go against the grain, then all this stuff is going to be irrelevant because you, that, that's the only way you're going to be able to penetrate their culture is have some type of protection for officers who does who do stand up to the union, who do speak out, who do want to who do want to voice their opinion. And I know there's a lot of them, but right now it's kind of hard to go home and tell your wife that we feel lose our house and everything because I spoke up, you know, so you have to give these officers some type of protection in order they can speak up because I tell, I tell people all the time, the union is just as bad as the department as for protecting bad officers. Absolutely. Um, I remember my union president, he was like, because they wouldn't tackle any black issues. So he was trying to sell to me that there was an officer in prison who job he was still fighting for. So I said, so I had to go and be Alonzo on training day in order to get y'all to have my back. And I'm speaking up on some like real discrimination, racial shit. But here, here y'all are backing up somebody that's in prison right now. And y'all gonna fight for his job when he get out? Like that, that that's the type of shit that, that's going on. But but until those officers actually we get some type of protection from retaliation, they're not going to speak out. Once you give them that, you're going to see more officers speak out against the union, speak out against the department, because they because they know that there's some true repercut, cut, 
some true repercussions to retaliating against them. Right now, nothing happens. Right. Just, I mean, you, you you actually starting to see a whole lot of stories how an officer reported something. Yeah. Go and now now they reinvestigating it because she was right for speaking out. You know, mm-hmm. and and I right. interview and she said she's like actually they lied. She never jumped on the officer's back. All she did it was telling she she like try to put his arm from his neck. And then with that, oh, she jumped on the officer's back, caused officer safety. Just know, and and then, like I said, I know officers who's tried to start their own union, the Black Police Union and Latinos, and they all was retaliated against. So, so we know. need to. That, that's another thing we have to talk about when we have these conversations: is protections, then protections for those officers, and protections against the union and cronyism. Really, uh, uh, Ron, I want I want to turn to you. Um, because uh, I know we were about to have a fucking fit when we heard that Amal Arbery's family and um, I want to say who uh, it was another family, uh, uh, George Floyd, Amal Arbery family and George Floyd family went to the White House and we it was supposed to be for a glorified uh, photo op. Yeah, it was supposed to be for a glorified photo op after he was going to sign reform, but the family said, the family and the attorney said when they went and they actually saw the reform uh, the reform executive order and really had to talk with Trump. They realized it was all lip service. He wasn't doing nothing. So they did not come out for the um, press conference. What What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's, it's that our people are finally waking up to what's going on in the big house. And, and it's time for us to, again, as one, make and move on code. And it looks like the family may have gone ahead and taken that check and then got out there and just didn't take the pictures, you know, and I, I personally have no issue with that. You know, if Trump is going to use us, let's start using him. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it just um, it, it reflects what, what's going on in these times, you know, and, and it's kind of why I've, I've stepped out on that ledge and say, you know, I'm vote against Trump. You know, I, at this point, it's time to get this dude out of office and then we can figure out the rest. We'll, we'll collect our damages afterwards, you know, um, but I'll keep it short and sweet. Yeah. I know we're short on time. Yeah. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts, Rob, on on the reform on the Trump executive order? I think it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Let me keep it honest. It's, it's a piece of shit. Like the thing about it, it's like the one thing in which, to me, that is the most important thing is that immunity. That immunity. Thing. Qualified immunity has to go. And it's like both the Republican Party and him, they're like just glancing over it, like no. It's a piece of shit. It's not going to do anything. Anyone with common sense knows that the one that if you really want to tr- truly hold police accountable for the wrongdoings, take that, address that situation. But the thing is, he's not going to do that because he needs those police, you know, the police union behind him. At the same time, we know the police union are, you know, basically white supremacists, KKK. So he's not doing anything. He's a puppet. Yeah. Uh, Sh- uh, Sheila, your thoughts? Um, I think there's two things that need to happen. Uh, just like he said, like it, you have to take that immunity away. And another way that they supplement their income that nobody talks about is civil forfeiture. Nobody knows until you run into it. Civil forfeiture is a way that police officers can legally fucking rob you. If you have cash on you, they, they can pretty much seize your cash. It's almost like a process where it's like they're arresting your money. <laughs> no joke. 
please, if you don't know what it is, do the research, find out about it. But they can seize your money and you have to pay hell to get it back. The process, the court process to even try to fight them to get it back. And I mean, like, I've seen stories where it was a dude driving across to get a car that he was buying on Craigslist. He had 20 G's with him. They copped all of it. Mm-hmm. No justification. He wasn't committing a crime. They were just like, you look suspicious with this much money. We got it. They talked about all the stupid shit that they were buying with this civil forfeiture money, like a, what is they call that? A stramp, a stramboni? I think I saw that on um, John Oliver. What they, the hell? They were buying margarita machines, like a Zamboni. A Zamboni, that's what it is. Thank yeah. you. That's what I was talking about. Thank you for the correction. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're just balling out on people's money. And it's like they can just basically, they can even do this to your house. They can just legally just confiscate stuff. That's wild. Talks about this, and this is something that needs to be understood. Period. So that, as well as the immunity, both need to go. Because if we defund them, and they're used to a certain budget and want their money, I promise you, they'll step up on that kind of bullshit to supplement their income. Oh shit! Okay, so I just got a uh, an an alert, uh, a news alert. is this new? Hold on, let me look it up. Uh, Kuhn, while I look this up, I want you to uh, make your point of what you were going to say. Well, mine was just more so of a question. Wait, what? And my question is, for somebody, if you wanted to do hair, to do a bump and curl, you have to have a certain amount of hours, which equates to even full-time about a year or so. To do a jerry curl, bumper curl, press and die and fry and lie. To become a police officer, you only have, what is it? How many months is it? Six months? How long is the academy, uh, Quincy? I think it was six months. Uh, it's six months and, and you on, you on probation a total for a year. For, for, <laughs> for a year. Yeah. So I have to have more hours of experience the braid hair. <laughs> I mean, the entire. It's, uh, the, okay, that just doesn't they, make sense, and that's just at the bottom. <laughs> they need a whole year of how not to be a scary bitch. Like that. <laughs> a class and how not to be a scary bitch is a class. Just minimum like seven hundred and twenty no, hours. You, you can't hire scary bitches. That's the problem. Don't hire. Them. You right. can't, can't train that shit out of people. There's certain shit that you're not going to be able to train it out of. Just don't hire. Them. Okay, so so this just came across my news. Um, it just the, the article was posted today, but it happened on May 27th. Uh, half uh, TT Gully, a black trans woman, was found hanged in Oregon, and they labeled it a suicide. What the fuck, man? Just, just too much of a coincidence. Not in jail is suspicious as fuck. Wow, wow, yeah. This is this this is too many hangings of black people. Black folks, we don't hang ourselves. Let's be clear. Now we'll shoot we'll shoot you up and we'll box you all day long. It could be on on site every time you. Well, see. even even black suicide wouldn't be a public display of going out in public to hang yourself on a tree. No, we're right. trying, to get, it, we're especially, trying to get it over quick. <laughs> especially 
this many back to back. Like y'all gonna keep ruling this many back to back suicide of public places hanging on trees. Yo, this shit is it's, it's crazy and it's scary. Man, make sure y'all y'all check on each other, y'all look out for each other. Um this this is something happening, there's something going on. Um, me and Quincy talked about this. We knew there was gonna be a lot of pushback to the dismantling of the system. We knew there was gonna be a lot of people who weren't gonna be happy with it, and and, and here we are, and we need to we need to this is what we again. I know we've been preaching this for two years, but I'm going to say it again. We need to arm ourselves. We need to protect ourselves. Brothers and sisters, go get your legal firearms so you can legally protect yourselves because it's something going on out here. And, yo, this this is this is not good. This is not good. This is not good at all. L.A. people, there is a concentration of neo-Nazi groups in El Segundo. If you down there by Doc Waller, don't be out there nowhere by yourself. Make sure people know where you are. They don't talk about it. There's a lot of neo-Nazis in El Segundo. So, so we know that everything is just opening back up, but we are planning an uncouth uh, day at the gun range, uncouth uh, radio day at the gun range to teach people how to, to shoot, to um, let people understand how to, to utilize guns. I know a lot of people say they don't like guns, like, and I understand it. But hell, we in a place where you don't have the luxury to not like guns. We gotta protect ourselves. So we're gonna go down there. We're gonna um not only we're gonna shoot, we're gonna take the gun safety test. We're gonna learn gun safety with the company that we're talking about, and it's black owned. So stay tuned for that because we were just waiting for everything to open up. But stay tuned for that because that is really coming soon. That's something that has to happen and needs to happen. And we need to do what we can on our side to get more black people just educated on being gun owners. Because one thing I see, they always try to get us to get on board with uh, legislation to stop gun ownership. Once we start getting once we they all try to get us on board with it, though. Right. Yeah, we need to be just or, like or those turn our guns in or turn our guns in. We need to be just like the right. Second Amendment nuts on the right. You know what I'm saying? And we need to get our guns and we need to start keeping ourselves safe, man. Like it's it's crazy. It's wild out here. So, yeah, we're going to work on that. Uh, Chan, I'm going to bring you back in. I'm going to sub uh, Mars out. Mars to the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Six man of the year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, before we get out of here, because we almost, time's almost up, do you have a DM for today? I do have a DM for today. Goes down in the DM. It goes down in the DM. It well, go down. Know, we do talk about insecure. I don't know. Do we want to like do a fact? I can hardly hear you. Or leave it alone? You said do what? Do we just talk about insecure? Do we want to do like a fast? Uh, leave it alone. No, let's talk about it real quick. We got to talk about Insecure real quick. Spoiler alert. Anybody who watching who didn't get to watch it because the shit came on Sunday, I'm giving you a spoiler alert now. Uh, wait, in the comments, I just want to say this. Uh, uh, Amanda said, uh, right now, all of a sudden, South Bay feels dangerous. Uh, Little Creek and from um, Janae, she said, Little Creek is infested with KKK. So these are the places I want y'all to be careful and, and keep an eye on. Okay, now let's get into Insecure. First Real of all, quick. if you guys haven't watched Yvonne Orgy's HBO special, damn, Manisha, funny. She's hilarious, funny, funny, hilarious, funny. Um, really funny. She was really good. I loved it. I love the way she set it up. I love the look of the Nigeria. You know, I love all of it. Yeah, um, it was really I, dope. 
Okay, so are we like just doing full on? Like, I don't care spoilers because we already said spoilers. we got. Yeah, we got to. Like, what's the point? Okay, <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, my sister was like, "Oh, Condola's pregnant. Condola's pregnant." And I was like, mm, "Okay, whatever. Why would you say that or whatever?" But then when we get past the "Oh, I talked to Condola and it's over," I was like, "Okay, whew, everything's good." Next thing I know, hear her weird hair wig coming. Oh, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Ever seen? I'm pregnant, and it's wonderful. That was the 2020 shit I could they could have done. Like it was perfect. Well, for well, one, I, I, I feel like I feel like at the end of the day, if they really want to be with each other, you know, they can make it work. Um, you know, break babies are not uh, unusual in regular relationships or on TV. We've seen yeah. it on the game. We've seen it on Friends. We've seen it everywhere. So I'm gonna tell you the only the only thing I didn't like about it, it, it felt that moment felt too typical. That moment felt too on the nose to me. Like yeah. her and her and Lawrence finally figuring their shit out. They getting together and he get his good job. So the the like yeah. like all the biggest issues they had in their first relationship got solved. Lawrence got a great job. He is own man. Issa got her own security in her own life. She's changing, starting to be a better person. And all of that happens. And then, boom, the break baby comes. That's the only thing I didn't like about it. I was like, this was a little too on the like, nose. We could have come up with something. I don't think it was taking, like, the relationship struggles. I would have taken anything, like, you know, whatever. But, you know, they always got to put a baby in there and... Ruin everybody's life. What birth control are you using? Oh, I thought we were careful. Whatever. Uh, Sheila, why you don't think baby. it's his baby? Why not? I, I think that this was something that they injected because I knew something was coming. I thought it was going to be the job. I thought he was, you know, it was going to be the him having to go to San Francisco. But I think that by the time they find out that this is not his baby, because I call her condolences. Condolences was moving real weird. <laughs> Like in between, she kind of disappeared here and there. And usually, I'm thinking of real life. Usually, if you have females that ain't really around, they just come out of nowhere. A lot of times, it ain't your baby. And you yeah. find out till later on. I feel like they did this for the drama. But by the oh, time yeah, because if they find out later on, baby, yeah, because if they find out later on, he could have been with Issa, and then it's going to be too late because she's going to be in another relationship. She's going to be with Nathan and happy, and that's how they're going to blow up her and Nathan. Candelabra been on my nerves for the whole last <laughs> four episodes, showing my damn nerves. She's annoying as all get out. I Chamomile is hella annoying. Okay, come on. But so, so that's my. Did you watch it, Cooney? <laughs> So, so you didn't miss it. Now you see why everybody mad. Because like I said, but I will say I did appreciate that that was the thing that brought Molly and her back together. And I feel like Molly got humbled. Like for real, for real. She got humbled all around. No, and the, the Issa got humbled. What, what show are y'all talking about? Insecure. Who that? With the black with the black girl? With the black girl with kind of like the natural hair or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I, I love it. I love I love that the show is so LA. I know y'all saw the Kobe and Gigi Memorial and Nipsey. Yeah. And it's just so LA is like one of the other love oh, represented on the mm -hmm. show, you know. So I love that about the show as well. Me too. But, 
you know, they're supposed to be coming back 2021. We'll see. Whatever. Is this the first season? This the third yeah. season, nigga. Oh, oh the fifth. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. It's the fourth season. The fourth season. Oh. The fourth season. I'm sorry. I'll be too man. busy. I'm sorry. Somebody said Kelly deserves more time. I agree. She's hilarious. And Kelly yeah. and Maude are my favorite characters. Supporting ca- the supporting characters need more screen time. But um, yeah, it, it was it was it was a, to me. I thought it was overall a good episode. It was a good way to to bring it all home and to bring them back together and to ground them. Uh, they kind of threw in the the postpartum, like touched on that. Yeah, Just yeah. Like they touched on the black women and advocating for them in the hospital and kind of low key the police. You know, like why y'all calling up? Why y'all messing with us? Y'all not messing with them? Like in their in their comedic situations, they kind of threw that in, which was you know. Manisha, this is her comment. She said, "I hate Molly and Issa's trauma bonding ass friendship." <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that's that's funny. I mean, you know, that's that's friendship. friendship. That's real life. They they kind of you gotta take work, I guess. Especially Molly said something that was kind of whack, but you kind of understand. You know, she said maybe in the other episode, like maybe who I am isn't my me now isn't like you know we're not meshing compatible. Now. Right, Sometimes right. Sometimes you kind of yeah. have to figure that out in a relationship in a friendship, like. Are we, are, you know, do you grow together? Are you growing together or are you growing apart? Right. Like Chris always says, you're not the same, you know, 18, 25, 35. You're not the same. And you're not the same in relationships. You're not the same in friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was our, our quick uh, insecure rundown. Uh, and watch, and what's her name? I want to say her name right, Kendra. Orgy. Please go watch her special. It is hilarious. Her comedy special is really hilarious. Yeah. And it'll also show you she's so much not like Molly. It shows you how much she bodied that uh that role because yeah. she's she's not like that on her comedy is super dope and super uh super relatable. Um all right, let's get into the DM. What's the DM? Okay, um I have a real problem that's giving me anxiety. The love of my life and the man of my dreams proposed to me last night, and I say yes, I'm over the top excited to be engaged, and I love him more than anything. The only problem is that I hate the ring. It's not me at all. It's a ring that he got from his mom. It is a custom-made ring that uh, was made from his great-grandmother's wedding ring, so it has a lot of sentimental value. I just want a ring that I love if I'm going to wear it for every day for the rest of my life. What do you guys think? Keep the ring and wear it and just suck it up, or would you bring it up? And if so, how would you do it to not hurt him or his mom's feelings? Whoa. You know what? I This was kind of a tough thing to me because I... I, you know, obviously not been engaged or anything like that, but what do you do? I mean, you would think, how do you, I, I think if you're going to pass something along, maybe you pass it along to like your daughter as opposed to, you know, the woman you're getting engaged with. I don't know. It's kind of, it was kind of a tough, I mean, obviously, you know, she has to wear it every day and she's not saying, oh, it needs to be big. It needs to be this, it needs to be that. She just said something that I want, something that I would prefer. So, and it's just being passed down from great grandmother to mother to grandmother to you. It's like, it's probably something, it's probably, it's probably ain't cute. But the thing is, she's marrying dude, not the ring. Right. Like, I, I, I know yes, we all value different things. Yes, but it's a symbol. And it is a symbol of his commitment. 
I don't care if it was a wire around your hand. If he's placed that on your hand as a symbol to say, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, why get hung up on a piece of jewelry? I don't know. But do we not deserve to, to, to have things that we like? I mean, it's just like, you know, being with the You have nine other fingers. But I'm just saying. It's just yeah, she can get all kinds of rings that she want to get <laughs> that's fly. So you see who would care and who wouldn't care. Do we have to, do we not deserve to have something that we like? Like, is that, is that. No. So this is the whole, that, I, to answer I, I that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. To me, to answer, I mean, honestly, to kind of answer that is kind of like no. You no. can always. She sounds shallow. She sounds really, really shallow. Period. Point blank. You know, after five years, you can always upgrade your ring. You know what I'm saying? You can always upgrade. Like you know, like sis just said, you have nine other fingers. You know what I mean? You have nine other fingers. You know, she you gonna can lose whatever watch. ring. That, what'd you say? She gonna lose it. Watch. <laughs> Mysteriously. Man, you watch. <laughs> right when she mentioned that to me, give my dad. Oh ring no, ring. I have yeah. just dropped the ring. <laughs> but she, I mean, but she really do sounds like she she cares much more about Fendi. the bling. And because to me, is what she ain't saying. She just worded it like politely rude. <laughs> and the thing that's is, that's what I heard. Right. No and offense, is, but I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think we have a right to like what we like. Okay, for me, right. for example, I'm like. A, well, then marry yourself. I'm a maybe, but I'm, I'm okay. For example, I I like white gold, white, just plain white gold. Like you give me a white gold band, and I'll be happy with it. If somebody gave me like a yellow gold band. Okay, like, but I think it's to the point where maybe we don't know each other to that, you know, to that point. Because a lot of people just start getting engaged and doing their own thing. They don't ask people. That's why they get told no. Or they have rings that don't fit people. And, you know, I think engagement needs to be a point where we've already discussed so right. much. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I am. But the but thing I is, she has the right to like what she likes. She didn't say, oh, it needs to be a big diamond. It needs to be this. It needs to be that. She could have just wanted a very simple band. I just don't want that shit. Right, but the thing about it is like (laughs) you're you're getting a a ring that has legacy on it and a ring that has some very strong you know meanings to that individual and that person's family. So it's like it's almost like you're disrespecting the symbolism of the legacy because it doesn't appeal to your material side. So it's like what? So at the end of the day, it's like you value perception and material over the essence of what it what it should be. Should be. But it's it, well, it's, you know, it is a family heirloom, and you know, maybe I wear it around my neck. I don't know. Who knows what it looks like? Yeah. <laughs> I can't dismiss your point completely, Chan. I get what you're saying with like you have to. It, I mean, it's, you want what you want. And I just think it's different than being in a relationship where that man might have some things that you don't like about him, but you don't make that the big deal. You say, hey, I otherwise have a good man. I'm not tripping on that. That's what I feel like. It's not that she's wrong for feeling that way. I'm just saying the bigger picture is this man is committed to you for life and he's giving you something that's a strong example. It should be as much, but that's, I'm not tripping. (laughs) Relationships not going to work. 
No, I think what's gonna have to happen is that Quincy's gonna have to get on his voice tunes and write a song about it. Yeah, you, you gotta write a song for him. Light skin rings. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know she's not dark skin, hater. No, that's not like a light skin complaint. That's not like a light skin complaint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that definitely sounds like a beige person issue. <laughs> Victoria said they can start their own legacy. I think that's a good point too. Like, what if I want to pass? I mean, what if I want to pass something down? To it sounds like she married the wrong nigga. Then, if you that's what it seems like, that's what I said. It's not gonna last. You married the wrong person. These, these are two but, different people. I don't, I, I don't get that evaluation just from a ring. I just think she just likes. But she, if you making that, if you making that big of a deal of it, then hell. well, I think we're just making me, a big deal out of it because it's like the conversation. But she's just like. You know, I'm a. What do I? You know, she's asking, "What do I do?" Okay, but see, okay, this is a thing, right? And legitimate, because I know I like what I like. But if I'm rocking with you, right? If I'm rocking with you, all right, I may not necessarily like the neighborhood that you live in, right? We can always upgrade that. But if I'm rocking with you. I'm going to deal with that. We're going to build that. We're going to save up and we're going to get on and up and out. Saying not to say this, man, I get it. It might be an ugly ass ring. It generally <laughs> might be. I mean, it's you know, I, and, I, I, yeah, I, and I'm not, and, and, you know, I, I, and, and I get and, and hey, you know, but who is she more concerned about the ring? Because right. it kind of, the, the, the way it, the, the way it's coming off, is extremely a little bit too materialistic, you know, mm -hmm. and slightly too and slightly too shallow. Have concern yeah. when he bring, when he's bringing home STDs. If this man has presented something, even that ugly ass ring, you know, he is showing, <laughs> he is trying to like in action show you his real commitment to it. You know, you know, because like 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 oh boy just said, it has commitment. Wear the ugly ass ring for five years. You know what I'm yeah, saying? They're just yeah. The comment just came. Across. And then lose it. It, it, it. You know, and then I mean, go down to Zales, pay your little fifty dollars a month until you pay that three thousand dollar ring off, and then the one that you want to slide on as an upgrade. That's how you do that. There's always a right way of doing it wrong. She All right, listen. Put it on layaway. I Call can, off the can wedding. Shan, can you do me a favor? What? Can you read the uh, the description of the ring again, please? It didn't have a description. <laughs> well, what what he said about the yeah. grandma part? It's, it's just his just, mothers and then his yeah, yeah. Read that part for mothers. me, please, before I give my opinion. But but read that part for me. Dang, now I gotta go find the. I feel like a pastor at the church. Read. You know what? We should have yeah. done it. We should have put it. Read. Revelations four point two. Revelations. I know. I, no, don't, was, I, uh, I, I didn't know it was his grandmother's. It was passed down from his grandmother to his mother. I don't know where I did. I don't know what I did. Oh, here it goes. Okay. So it's probably an old dynasty ass ring, you know. Here, them old rings he be said, <laughs> of he more value than these new ones. Um, it, it is a ring that he got from his mom, and it's a custom made ring that was made from his great grandmother's wedding ring. Oh. Okay. Say it again. Wait, wait. One more time. One more time. It's a ring that he got from his mom, and it's a custom-made ring that was made from his great-grandmother's wedding ring. So, 
So oh, I know what that means. So that's like when people get stuff and it's outdated, and they might add extra jewels in mm -hmm. just to, to make it look a little bit. They upgrade it. They upgrade. Yeah. Okay. So it's just not what she wanted. No matter. It's just not what she wanted. That's the most important yeah. thing. Okay, so 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 this is what I'm gonna say. Unpopular opinion. One, if this is your woman, you should know what your woman like. True. If y'all about to get married, you should know the kind of ring your woman like. And two, I don't think it's all about being shallow. I think if this is something that you want her to really wear for the rest of her life. At the least, it should be some shit she like. Like, is it too much to ask to give her some shit she like that she? Because you ain't marrying your mama, you ain't marrying your she great grandma. She's getting the wedding. She's wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I guarantee you, the great grandmama got the ring she wanted. I I guarantee you that ring is the ring great grandmama wanted. And then when mama got to upgrade great grandmama ring, great she got the ring she wanted. And now the flip side is, this bride is not. Part of the they woman lineage, this bride is not part of the woman lineage, so she that's not. That's why I said give it to the daughter. She don't, yeah, she don't have that connection to that ring like the mom and the great grandma have, right? She can update it. She can update like some spinners. But what if you? What if that shit just <laughs> one of them old? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like we see, like like for me, for example, <laughs> oh, we know what it was. That big ass pearl in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That old school just just a veiled pearl nigga. Probably had a pearl in the middle with some diamonds in a flower. You gotta floss that pearl. What kind of oyster it took me to get that? I mean, no, game. I said the same thing, but that's why opinions are opinions. Well, yeah, but like, like for me, like for example, like when when Angela, when I was thinking about proposing to her. I actually, me and her was in Vegas and we just like kind of went into a ring store and I was just looking at the style of shit that she liked. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's look at it because I wanted her to like it. It ain't about me liking it. I ain't got to wear that shit. I wanted her to like it. Like, and be real, if I'm buying a ring for her, why would I get mad for her? You know what I'm saying? Like, how can we get mad at her not liking a ring that's supposed to be for her? Yeah. Like that's that shit. You playing devil's advocate. If you want, we don't like her. <laughs> she the Molly of the rings. If, if you want to keep it, a piece of jewelry that's sentimental of the family, maybe give it to her not as a wedding ring, or maybe give it to her and pass on to their their daughter. But I don't think it's wrong for her to not to not like because again, we don't know. We're I don't know. She's not saying or it need to be a fifteen carat. She's not saying that. She's saying she doesn't like it. So. No, and I'm sure, and I'm sure it meant a lot to the to the groom. Like he, like this is my mom's ring and my grandma. Like I understand that, and I get his sentimental side of it. But then yeah. at the same time, like like think about it, Sheila. Let's talk to you. If if your husband's mom came to you and was like, "I want you to wear my dress for the wedding." And you saw that shit, and you was like, "I'm not wearing that 1970s ass shit." Would you? Was is that you being shallow? Because this is the wedding dress, and she and and I know how special a wedding dress is to women. So if 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 your if your husband's mom came like, "I want you to wear my dress for the wedding," and you had your heart set on a, a dress that you like that you have been dreaming of your whole life for your wedding, how would you feel? That's a legitimate point. If if my if my ex mother in law came as much as I loved her, she came to me with an ugly dress. But that's the thing. I wouldn't be talking about having no anxiety about that shit 
I would just be saying, oh, no, disrespect, moms. I don't like this dress. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, everybody don't. Everybody ain't got your straight up head approach. Get down, Sheila. Yeah, but but I, I do take uh, your point though. Especially if you don't want to hurt her feelings. It's true. I, I take you guys's point. I, I can't dismiss that to where. Well, it's, it's like a double edged sword though, because some dudes are just dumb. Like, let's just be real. I get your point about if you know who you're with, because we know. I don't even know Angela that well, but I can tell you enough that she's one of them people who would be like, "Yeah, this ring." Mm. You know what I mean? If you had just given her like some crazy stuff, yeah, like that wouldn't have been. But you know her that well. Some dudes don't know people that well. And, and to me, that's the bigger issue. Go front and act like she do everything that this dude wants, and and be a different person and not tell none of her true feelings and being fake. That's how you wind up in them kind of situations. Right, Before, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think to me, the bigger issue and the bigger point is about. Like how you said, you supposed to know your woman enough to to know what she would like. Oh, but wait a minute. Let me make this deeper and more personal. I, my situation was on the flip side. I don't really wear jewelry on my hands. I bake all the time. I have to need dough and all kinds of stuff, right? So when I got to the point where we were getting ready to get married, when my husband even asked me about it, I said, don't spend a whole bunch of money on a ring because I don't even wear jewelry like that. He still went and got a big old diamond that I'm pretty sure he wasn't even done paying for by the time I divorced his ass. Well, that's his damn bad. You literally told him. You told him what you I want. literally told him. Hey, don't go spend a whole bunch of money. But I seriously told him straight up, bro, we could get them black bands. All I cared about was the symbolism that this was somebody I thought I was going to be with for the rest of my life. He went and listened to his mom like, no, you can't give her nothing like that. You got to represent and he went and bought a diamond. Some some dudes just don't listen or pay attention to what did you give the ring they're in. Ron said, did you give the ring back? Yes, I did. <laughs> so, but it's so, so stupid because when even when you get a ring back, if somebody has spent like $5,000 on the ring, if you try to sell the letter, you ain't giving five grand. That's oh, why you're like $1,500 back. Like that. Right, if you're lucky. Yeah. 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 It's you know it goes back to just knowing your partner before you even go there. This well, is yeah. dude. The whole marriage is dude. <laughs> like real talk. And I'm mm -hmm. on this. This ain't even. This ain't even no joke because I mean honestly, you know she 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 ain't got no power. She you know and 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 just straight up coming up off of that, you know once you give that fake Christian smile of the, the simple fact of the love and the gesture of it. It would be like, well, honey, I'll even be willing to pay half because this here, I might wear this for the wedding because I know it means something to you, but I'm not going to wear this, <clears throat> you know, and if you can't have that basic <laughs> conversation, you can't have anything else moving forward, especially in a marriage. That's, that's, that's deep. That's real shit right there. Shit, I think we should leave it on that note. Anybody else got anything they want to say before we get out of here? Cute. Make nope. sure... Make sure you um, uh, uh, g give me that information about the uh, about about the gun range stuff because I was just talking to moms and my sisters about that. You know, a, a lot of sisters are you know a lot of women in their house by themselves. You know, period. You know, and so make sure you get that information out because I most definitely want to um, participate in that and and uh, pass that along to the fam and, and and to other people. Bet for sure. Do we mm -hmm. do we want to mention our our Two things coming up, or one, I don't know. Go ahead. 
Okay, so on Friday, you know, um, the interview, Dame's going to be interviewing. It's to, no, that's tomorrow. Ann Lambert. Thought, you changed it? Or no. I just looked at the date wrong? You just looked at the date wrong. It's the 18th, okay, tomorrow. Okay, so the, Thursday, the 18th, 11 a.m. Pacific time, Dame's going to be interviewing um, a city council, or is she running for city council? in Virginia. So there's some questions that um, we think we should just be asking city council people in general. What do they have control over? What are some things that they they um, suggest that we talk to our council people about? You guys need to make sure that you're in the comments like that because again, we talked about constantly like hitting stuff at the local level. Voting, talking to them. You know, so this is the opportunity. Dame's going to do a one-on-one with her. And we are having a uncouth with the youth. We're having an uncooth with the youth. We're putting that together. So we've spoken to some of you guys who uh, participated in our discussions. And we really want to talk to the young kids about some things that they think. And we know a lot of them are um, driven by politics and going to some of the protests and doing a whole bunch of things and getting, you know, really interactive. We want to talk to them about some solutions, some of the things that that are going on with them. And uh, so that's going to be coming up soon. So you guys look out for that. And if you know any youth, 16, about 21, that want to participate, hit us up, let us know. And we'll be uh, following up with that soon. All right. Anybody else got anything they want to pitch? Anything else they want to plug before we get out of here? No, we good. So, all right. Once, once again, great show. Great panel, Uncouth Radio. I want to thank everybody who was in the comments, everybody who was rocking with us, everybody who joined us. We got a lot of great things coming up, like Chan said. We're about to really go hard, balls to the walls, to make sure we start pressing these local um, these local uh, politicians and because we want to make some real change. We want to make some real moves. And thank you, Cooney, for coming on. Your ass got to come on more often, nigga. We always say that when you come on and your ass disappear for a year. Uh, we got to get you to come on some more and, and give just give your point of view, man. We appreciate you coming, breaking shit down for us. Thanks for having and, me. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And Ron, he's sitting on the bench right now, but thank you, Ron, for your perspective as always. Oh, oh, oh Sheila in the house, in the building, giving us that unraw, that uncut, and we appreciate it. Quincy breaking down uh, Rashard Brooks and the cases. I know sometimes he gets tired of doing the tedious work of going to research all the uh, fucking charges and cases for us, but I just want to let you know we appreciate it because sometimes we just need to hear from somebody who know the field better than we because we'll just get to making shit up. Get that nigga the electric chair and don't have no basis <laughs> and no grounds for that shit. <laughs> so I'm glad you could come and like kind of set us straight and give us the real on what it is. And Mars, my East Coast brother, he actually the one who hooked us up with Ann Lambert too. And he's got a couple of other things coming for us down the pipeline. But we appreciate you giving us that um that East Coast vibe and that East Coast uh point of view. Um, and everybody just in the comments, man, who always talking, who always support, who always helping us learn, who always helping us grow. That's all we want to do. And like, you know, my boy Cooney said, hey, y'all, let's get together. Let's love on each other. Let's love on each other. Let's stay focused. Let's do better. Let's build these bridges and let's make all of our people feel like Black Lives Matter all together now, all in together now. All right, y'all. That's the end of the broadcast, and we'll see y'all next time. I'll see you guys tomorrow for the Ann Lambert uh, interview at 11 Pacific Standard Time, and, you know, hop on with us. All right.